Hello, I'm Derek Wheatley and welcome to episode 173 of the Weekly Weekly Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. You may have noticed that the episode is called Moods in Music Part 2. Um, so it's going to be obviously um, the next part of the episode 170 that we did about um, maybe like depression and anxiety and mental health and music and this is going to be a, a slightly different take on it. Um, I want to thank Nicola Glynn for coming on for her third time uh, last week um, we had a great chat um, about uh, hypnobirthing which is a phrase that she does not like but um, go back and listen to it it's very interesting and people you may know who are who are pregnant at the moment may need to hear it or it could help them so um, yeah have a listen uh, you could support us on uh, buy me a coffee uh, link is in the description as always of the YouTube and, and the uh, Spotify etc and uh if you would, if you want to try a different podcast and um, why not try Lucky Works Co podcast? Um, it's Josh Channon's uh, podcast and I'm also in the room when he talks. <laughs> I give some contributions as well, which is, you know, but I'm really enjoying this. You can follow that over on Twitter and uh, not Twitter, sorry, Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. Um, and he's got some T-shirts coming coming out as well, which are really, really nice. He gave me one. I'm delighted with it. Um. So like I said, look, this is Moods and Music, part two. This is music that makes us happy or gives us joy or gives us uh, maybe, you know, something clicks in our minds with regards to memories and it reminds us of happy times or changing times and, you know, it gives us that little boost because of that. Now, I think it's important for me to say that I don't know anything about science and, um, you know, the how uh, music affects the brain in a scientific way. Um, and I'm not going to try and, you know, even go on Wikipedia and look it up because it's a bit, a bit of a charlatan move there. <laughs> if I'm trying to, I've done it a few times before, you may have noticed. Um, but I don't want to do it with this one because I, what I wanted to talk about with this one was, um, just ba- the, you know the real the real down to basics why it makes us happy and I got so, like I put it out on on um on Instagram a video on Instagram about like why you know could people let me know and send me stuff about music um and music that makes them happy and the amount of responses I got was unreal like and it was I literally did this Wednesday I think it was I put it out yeah Wednesday and it's Saturday now and I have enough to fill you know um four pages uh, I had to trim some people down everybody who sent it who sent something gets a mention, obviously, but I just couldn't mention all of their songs just for time constraints. You know, I don't want to really go over the hour mark too often. Um, But like, and and there's so many, what's great about it as well, there's so many different reasons why people sent them, or uh, not why people sent them, but reasons why they sent, or reasons they gave um, as to why these songs and artists and make them happy. And and I'll add a little bit of my own thing, because I wanted to point out as well about, you know, I, I've, I was disappointed. I had a bit of a no-show there um, a couple of weeks ago. I was supposed to come on and talk about music as a professor, and uh, I was going to kind of get into this. So I was a little bit disappointed. So this was my, I was going to do this anyways, but this was my, um, I suppose, kind of way of getting out there and talking about what I wanted to talk about. But, you know, we can suggest albums and songs, but there's also little things in music that make me happy with within a song, like a, um, like a bass line or, you know, a, an organ coming in or... A certain like vocal melody. There's there's bits within the happy songs that make us happy as well. So I want to point out a few of them along the way, and um, I will do. But so we'll kind of run through the, what people said about it, and maybe 
you know, there's a couple of songs I had to look up here because I didn't know them. Um, so, you know, that was nice for me as well to kind of learn something as we go along. Um, John Lyons, uh, you may remember John Lyons from coming on the podcast to talk before. He's written a book about the Beatles. He's written, he's a, he's a, he's a, just to say, a very busy man who loves music. He loves the Beatles. So that's all right with me. Um, but he, he put up one that was kind of, I, I guess it was interesting because, um, it's called Ever and More. And, uh, oh God, I didn't write the band's name. Okay. The song actually, Joe, you know I'm, I'm going to make this, uh, I'm going to do this right because, um, yeah, if someone if someone goes, oh my, I have no internet. Well, that's just marvelous. Um, but uh, I don't even have the notebook that I wrote it in. But it, the reason he sent it, it's because it's his uh, daughter's um, favorite band, and which is obviously lovely. Uh, but John went to see them in concert with his daughter, and he said that the, this is this song ever and more is one of the um, the closing songs and are the closing song and it's kind of reminiscent of how um paul mccartney would finish a a, a, a concert with hey jude you know so it's a big kind of sing-along um and i thought that was great so i went to, i went and i thought because john oh i have it here sorry the singer is role model okay what i loved about it was the fact that um i went to the concert you know, a uh, version of it rather than a studio version of it, because I wanted to see what he meant by the by the sing along, and it really is a sing along thing. And I think that's I'm, I might speak on it a bit later, but the concert experience is very important to, to music because it's the communal communal um, aspect to it. You know, like if you go to a concert of, uh, you know, Peter Gabriel concert, ninety um, percent of the people there love Peter Gabriel, and then ten percent are dates or whatever. Uh, but but there's a communal aspect to it, and that joy is kind of spread throughout. And you. Th- Look, you do get those memories. Um, although, I mean, although there's this, there's this thing on the internet that really annoys me on on, on uh, YouTube about how when when like a young person's band or artist, say like someone like Post Malone, and you see all the phones and stuff in the air, and and people are like, God, these these are you know these would have been great back twenty years ago when there was no phones. Just complain about phones. Like, who cares? Just let the people do what they want with concerts. You know what I mean? It uh, wouldn't be me recording a concert, but I'm, you know, 41 now. Um, so, yeah. So I thought that was a great, a great um, kind of point from John to bring, like, bring that aspect of, of a concert into it. And I'll, I'll probably kind of get back into my own, I guess, my concert experiences that I, that I couldn't, like, I couldn't shift on my mind. Like, these kind of memories of weird stuff. I'm, I'm, I had a couple of friends. and I, Sometimes I forget if I've told these stories on the podcast, but... Um, I had a couple of friends and we went to see the bootleg Beatles and one of them was like on acid and he was just sta- the only person standing up during yesterday. Everybody else was like down. I was trying to drag him down. He's like, no, I'm standing, enjoying it. <laughs> you know. And then another one was like doing the same thing at a radio concert. And I'm like, you're picking the wrong. I think you're picking the wrong concerts or, something. <laughs> or the wrong drugs. One or the other. Um, but yeah, like I, I've had those moments at concerts where everything just is just perfect, you know, Um pity they take so much effort to, to get to um i want to mention the band abba because this is very important when two different people mention abba you know not even so specific to the songs just abba <laughs> it it go and look you only have to look through abba's greatest hits say to see why people would like someone like mamma mia um or waterloo are are pro- proper bouncy songs you know joyous songs 
that you would be, you know, if it come on, if it comes on at a party or something, you're you're up, you're up and you're about and you're you're loving life. Um, Sherry Gleason was one who mentioned it because it reminded her of her grandmother, which is, which is obviously a beautiful thing. Um, and Michelle Reynolds mentioned mentioned it, sorry, because uh, it reminded her of her holidays with cousins. And I, I was, I find that kind of fascinating. The idea that like. Like the ABBA, there's some mad statistic on ABBA in Ireland, like, or maybe it's in Britain, but you know, every second household has the best of her, something mad like that. And I know there was a thing about that with Oasis, what's the story, Morning Glory as well. And it could be true at the time, but I imagine it with ABBA because I, like, I have an ABBA best of over there, you know, and I know both my parents have had ABBA's best of, and my younger brother would definitely have it, you know, so it's, it's like, it's so, it, they're so um, prevalent. In people uh, in our in our culture, like in our musical culture, I know there's Swedish stuff, but you know these songs are played at joyous events, and how could you not be happy? But but having memories to attach them is always so important as well. Another song that a song that I had to look up actually um, called "Me and My Monkey" by uh, Robbie Williams. I didn't know the song. I know a bit of Robbie Williams. I actually saw Robbie Williams live. Um, just I don't know, it was one of those things that worked out. <laughs> Not a, although to be fair, when I went away from the concert, I thought like God, he has some actually some good songs. This was before. If I was to name my favorite Robbie Williams song, it would be "Come Undone." I think that's a great song, but it wouldn't be particularly a happy song. But it's one of those like fist punching, you know, punching the air kind of songs. Uh, this song is like Josh. Uh, it's his favorite song, and it reminded him. And of course, Josh has to bring this up. Um, it reminded him of the animal brain. And if you, I read through the lyrics then because Josh wanted me to kind of understand what he meant by it. And it does make a lot of sense. And it is like a, it's a pretty catchy song. And, you know, it's not like, <laughs> I don't know how you describe it. It is a pop song, obviously, but there's, there's something kind of different about it to his other stuff around that time. Because I know he did it during the Escapology. I think it was on the Escapology album, which was also come and done. And I think Robbie Williams had a lot of stuff on his plate around then, like, you know, um, so I think, yeah, it was a pretty heavy time, but, you know, it's interesting. It makes Josh happy. Um, you know, whether it makes him happy because of animal brain or whether it just makes him happy because he likes the song. I don't know. When I was talking, th- that was another thing that I wanted to mention about those tiny moments in songs. I was playing for a friend the other day. Um, she's leaving home by the Beatles. And if you listen to she's leaving home, it's, it's, it's not a happy song. <laughs> it is, it's said to be about a girl who left home to get an abortion because she had very strict conservative parents. Now, it's not. It's one of those songs that seems to have different stories for every kind of, you know, every day. But like the the girl is leaving at home is leaving home to basically get away from his, her parents, and that's that's the story. Whether it's about abortion or not. But what I what I find fascinating about the song, okay, it's on Sgt. Pepper's. If you want to find it, um, it's. McCartney, um, lead vocal, Harrison and, and uh, Lennon, backing vocal, and then an orchestra. But well, there's a harp there, which is really important because it starts with the harp. So as it goes on, she's leaving home. And McCartney's doing this falsetto. I'm not, not going to do it into the mic now because it would just ruin your eardrums. But uh, at the end, he goes, she's leaving home. He does that on his own. Then they all go, bye, bye. And then comes this diddle 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 It's like, I don't know what it is about it. I'm not like, it's not unique in the sense that like songs end like that. It just send, ends on the chord it's supposed to end on. But it's just with the vocal, the strings and then the harp at the end. It's just warm. 
It's and and that makes me happy. It's you know, and that's the whole point I was making. It's not all about bouncy songs and lyrics that are just all oh, isn't everything great? You know, the hip, hippie dippy kind of stuff that you can get, which I like, by the way. But this is just about those moments. There's a bit like there's um oh god, I'll have to look it up now. I wrote it down. I should have looked. I should have looked it up earlier. But um, Killer Queen uh, by by Queen, right? So. I think the vocal on Killer Queen uh, makes it the uh, my favorite Queen song, right? Um, <laughs> but um, there's a bit at the end. It's the second, or sorry, it's the last verse. He comes in. He's like, "Drop of a hat, Jesus, Melika," or whatever it is. Oh, what is it? Drop of a hat, Jesus, willing as playful as a pussycat. But he does it in a falsetto and it's just unbelievable. He perfect, perfect, because the music kind of stops and and he goes up. Oh, I've been watching a lot of, of um, vocal coaches reacting to famous singers and I'm kind of learning from them what we should be looking for. And uh, probably could have Freddie Mercury's voice, just just his voice as as a a mood and music in itself. Uh, if you go to the drums in Numa by Tool, just 12 minutes of just Danny uh, Carey playing some of the best, I think some of the best drums put to, to rock and, or metal or whatever you want to call it. Um, when I came home, I just came home from, from uh, coaching there and I uh, put on my iPod on shuffle and The Cure came on, a song by The Cure came on, a love song, I think it was. And But then I remembered Lullaby by The Cure. If you don't know Lullaby by The Cure, it's got this real long extended intro to it. But it's got this, like, obviously the usual drums, bass, guitar. But about half a minute in, this synth comes in and it's just like, it changes the whole song. And everything after that is relying on the synth. And even there's a solo in the middle that just makes it sound like a string slash synth sound. It's it's just amazing. So there is a like they're all great songs that I mentioned there, but there is that whole theme of just musical moments were just perfect for 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 making me feel happy and joyful. So our friend Tracy uh, got onto me yesterday, thinking she had missed the, uh, the, the <laughs> she had missed the the time to um, put your put your uh, your choices into me. So she sent me on uh, you, you know uh, sorry in a Irresistible Force by Jane's Addiction. And I'd never heard this. Now, when she sent that on, I immediately kind of thought, thought it was back from like in the 90s when Jane's Addiction were, you know, uh, I suppose at their peak. But it was actually not that old. I don't know how old it was, but like I'm sure it was in the last 10 years or whatever. And it was very, to me, it sounded very strange. It sounded like very like the band too, like I just mentioned. Uh, the, the music in, in the background. Um, but uh, but I thought it was I thought it was interesting because I think Tracy is one of those people that could probably sit down and list you you know a whole copybook worth of songs. But she actually mentioned Faith No More all their songs except for their cover of Easy, which I like. I don't know if Tracy meant she didn't like it or the fact that it just didn't make her happy because it's not really supposed. To. Although Easy like Sunday Morning is quite a nice um, sentiment, but she loves the thumping bass, which is one thing that I would uh, wholly agree on. A thumping bass line is always. Uh, very uh, joyful and satisfying, and and there's something kind of primal in it. I think like when you talk about something being primal, if you go to a concert and you've got a bass player who's really going to town on the bass, you know, not just hitting the singular notes, which are good, but you know, 
um, when you, when you hear the bass together and it runs up through you, and I think that's what bass bass drum and the bass do at a concert. You know, if it's like if you walk away from a concert and you're a hundred feet away, it's the bass and the the bass drum that's what you're hearing the loudest, what you're still hearing. And it's like you know, when someone's in a different room, it's the bass and their voice. So something quite primal about the bass, and I think, and I can understand what Tracy means. Like if you listen to Epic by Fate No More, like that's I know that's the obvious choice, but that's a kind of just a great example of brilliant bass playing and drumming. And uh, yeah, thanks very much, Tracy. Uh, if in case I forget to thank people, thank everyone. Um, but like, you know, someone like uh, Patrice Doolan, used to, I used to train with Patrice and she's a dead sound. And she said in like a list of 10, but I had to kind of cut it, unfortunately, Patrice. But I, but I left in the ones that are kind of... Um, well, no, because I don't know you well enough to kind of go, oh, that's surprising that you like that. But I do think, you know, there's a there was a great mixture in what you said, and I think you had "I'm Still Standing" by uh, Elton John. Now that was on the day before you sent me that list, so I was listening to uh, "I'm Still Standing." It's brilliant. Like I think a lot of the Elton's uh, Elton, like you know, my my buddy, but a lot of his tunes, um, you know, like Benny and the Jets stuff like that, they're quite bouncy, like you know. Uh, and they're quite joyful. And I know he has a lot of like, you know, sad songs as well. But but it's not his songs can be specifically for for those happy moments and being and being played at like uh, birthday parties or anniversary or something. If you still put if you put I'm still standing on it at an anniversary carnage. That's all I'm saying. So, um, but there's a there's a lyric in particular that I just think is magnificent. Uh, and I know well. I'm I'm sure he's still working with Bernie Bernie Taupin at the time he was doing the lyrics. Um where have we got them? And like obviously Elton was doing the music. So this this is one of my favourite lyrics of all time and it's um Oh, where's it gone? Oh it gone, is it? Don't know this is Wait, it's up here, is it? Oh yeah. You wind up right the crease is just like ice. There's a cold only night shines from you. You wind up in a wreck behind the mask you're using. Did you? Uh, you know, still stand. That doesn't seem to have the. Doesn't seem to have. Oh yeah. So the line is, I'll read the verse actually in total. So it's once I never could have hoped to win. You're starting down the road, leaving me again. The threats you made were meant to cut me down. And this is the lyric now. And if our love was just a circus, you'd be a clown by now. That's a great line, like by if it's Bernie Taupin, I think it is. It's just one of those ones. It's just I don't know. It's very cutting or something, <laughs> but uh, but a very resilient song. And I remember watching uh, Rocketman and, and actually quite liking, uh, quite liking Rocketman compared to something like Bohemian Rhapsody. But I thought the the use of it at the end of this of the film was was beautiful, like you know because of what Elton John had been through and all that. And this was a, a brilliant reflection of where he got to after that, but also the fact that, you know, it's a bit of a bouncer as well. It's a bouncing tune. Um, uh, Patrice put in Mr. Blue Sky. I mean, if it's sunny out and the sky is blue and it's a nice day, you put on Mr. Blue Sky. It's it's the, you know, the 70s version of the Beatles, basically, because Jeff Lynne was such a big Beatles fan and he obviously took a lot from it. So I think he just threw everything at the wall and, and everything stuck. Everywhere by Fleetwood Mac, also from Patrice, it's just... You know, it's such a great song. Um, Christine McPhee, um, you know, sadly passing away recently, but she was my favorite um, 
member, uh, I shouldn't say that, favourite songwriting member of uh, of Fleetwood Mac, and she just, that song in particular. And it was, it was a, here was one for me, uh, Tie a Yellow Ribbon by Dawn, which is, that I know there's many, you know, versions of that. Um, and I'm not sure if this was the one I was familiar with, because, it, you know, it sounds like it is, but I, I don't know if it is, but I can get why that's a happy song, but I'd say that's one. I'd say that's one you either makes you happy or makes you hate the world. You know, I say that in the sense of like when a song comes on that you don't like, it's that's a nightmare. Um, but yeah, like Taylor and around the old OG, you know, it's very, uh, it's very musical, I suppose. Um, uh, um, another uh, Patrice, Patrice Smith sent me on one. Uh, Come get your love by Redbone. I knew this song, but what was interesting about this, uh, it's a, it's a great song, but what's interesting, I see, I don't, the problem is I can't play them because what will happen is what happened the last time where I tried to play them and they, the noise shut off, whatever's to do with the setting on my mic. I'm sure I should, should be able to start playing the mic through my computer. Um, but it's probably take me, you know, someday I'll be able to do it, but it, I probably need someone here with me to kind of supervise that side of it. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm spinning plates. But the, the important thing about it, Patrice sent me a, uh, an advert, and it was a French TV advert where uh, this song, Come Get Your Love, is played by a dad to his son, and as they're getting older and older and older, and eventually, I think it's an ad for phones, but I'm not sure. I don't speak French very well. And eventually, the dad uh, gets a phone call from his son, who has his son, and they're playing the song at Christmas. And, the, you know, everything's happy. But it is a... It is a, a really lovely ad, but it's a great, it is a great song. And I, I, it's, I don't know what film it's in, but it's in something. And I wonder, is it in that, um, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one had this kind of really good soundtrack. And there was a number of songs from, you know, the seventies and stuff in it. So it might have been on that, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really good song. An interesting kind of twist, I suppose. It's not really a twist, but it's, it's a song that could have fit in to the last episode. But the reason uh, Jared Breslin sent this to me was for a different reason. Say she was um, she was twenty years of age, and she just was maybe you know like we all were twenty, struggling to kind of find something or an identity or whatever was. So I'm, I don't mean to kind of steal your story, Jared, but you know whether it was somebody trying to find their identity, they were a bit lost. They didn't, didn't like the job they were in. Uh, but for Jared, like she just needed to hear this at the time, and the song is uh, consideration, like I said, consideration by Reef. And I didn't, I didn't know this song off the top of my head, so I had to go and and look this song up. Um, and it's really good. Uh, Jesus, really good. Um, and I can see it's it's quite it's a slow song, but it's quite hopeful, and I can see why. You know, in a moment of of um you know, when you're feeling down or you're feeling a bit rough and kind of overlooked it, that this could pick you up. And I, I, um, I'm really happy <laughs> to be honest that Jared sent this to me because I listened to it last night and I listened to it a few times this morning and it's just hit you hard. And I even watched a live version of it from Glastonbury when they played Glastonbury's festival back into um, 97. And there's a great vocal on it. And I just remember Reef from, uh, what is it? Get your hands on, just put your hands on, wasn't it? And the T T T F I Friday was that what it was called T G I Friday. That's the restaurant, is it? The one with Chris Evans used to have that show, 
and he used to have a, a segment on it and it was, it's your letters, it's your letters. And Reef sang that in the studio. By the way, that was an excellent TV program that gave me a lot of good musical memories. Um, so yeah, thanks for that, Cher. I think that's important to note as well. That whole thing of like, it doesn't have to be just about joy or happiness, but, but, um, but hopefulness or, you know, that giving you that like boost when, you, when you need it. And like, Cher put it perfectly with what she said to me. So I think, um, I think that's kind of a good way of, 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 uh, of seeing the world, you know, from, from that point of view. Another interesting choice by Carol Daly, who sent me on one. Um, does anybody remember more than words by extreme? I'm sure they do. It was massive at the time. Uh, I only found out like recently that extreme are quite a heavy rock band and like serious guitar players or a guitar player is really serious. But what Carol liked about was the lyrics and, you know, it's a love song. You know, there's no, there's no shying away from it. But I do think that was, there was something around that time that that was quite, uh, acoustic guitar driven, um, acts that were, or, you know, still were, or, but were going for that number one hit with, with slower stuff like Brian Adams is another one. And, there was a number of that going on at the time and uh, there was a lot, sorry, a lot of that going on time and I think Extreme kind of took that and really ran with it and they just hit hit the bullseye with more than words. Um, it's not a song I listen to a whole lot and I, I wonder if it's just I have that, the, the um, overplayed, you know, idea from it that, that it was just, it had its moment and I enjoyed it but it's not, put it this way, it's not on my iPod. How about that? Um, the fantastic uh, former guest, Joanne O'Dwyer, uh, always guaranteed to um, send us something on when we suggest uh, if somebody could. And she sent Shiny Happy People by R.E.M. Now, listen, if anybody is listening to this podcast and says, what, Shiny Happy People? Oh, God. And give out, about right? This is the perfect example of a song that's supposed to be at a party. Um at any kind of party, by the way, it could be at a kid's party or it could be at, a you know, uh, an 80th birthday party. It can be at any birthday party, shiny, happy people. What disappoints me so much about the song is that R.E.M. kind of disowned it and they, they didn't put it on their best of. And that's that's a real shame like because it's so good. Um, the singer of the, what are they called? Um, B-52s sang on the song with them. There's a great version of it from... Saturday Night Live uh, from way back in, like it was 1992 or something. Uh, go and check that out on YouTube if you haven't done so. Uh, I also want to point out Joanne sent in her favourite song. Always happy to have favourite songs added to this list. Uh, Lovely Day by Bill Withers. Um, I mean, I mean, listen to the open line. When I wake up in the morning, love, and the sunlight hits my eyes. You know what I mean? It's very hard to dislike it. And then he does the extended lowly day, you know, and the, the, the backing vocals are over it. Um, it's great. It's great. It's, it's happy. Um, it fills you with a, a sense of purpose in the morning, I would imagine. Um, Bill Withers has some great songs, by the way. Um, Lean on Me. But what's the other one that I really like? <laughs> You tease me up. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, check out some of Bill Withers stuff apart from Lovely Day and and you know the famous ones. Um, 
Uh, Michelle also, by the way, uh, Michelle, I I put this on uh, later on because Michelle Reynolds, who also, who already mentioned Abba, she mentioned Tom Petty's free falling. Uh, you know, don't not necessarily like in the content, the most happy song or the most, you know, pleasing or, you know, giving you an old kick up the arse song. But as far as sing along factor goes, it's right up there. I remember listening to it or hearing it from my mom when we were driving to Dundalk to see my grandparents when we were kids. You know, I this I would have been nine when this came out. So like around ninety one, ninety two, my mom would have had this, and and I remember listening to to um, Into the Great Grey Wide Open was also on that album, uh, and hearing those two songs and you know introductions to music all, all the way for those first few years, and Free Falling was one of those ones where you know once you get on that melody. You're singing along to it, whether you like it or not. You have no choice over it. Grace Daniels picked, uh, which which was slightly, um, I, I don't think it was like out of character or anything, but it was, I was, wasn't expecting it. Um, Grace picked Born Slippy by Underworld. If you don't know Born Slippy, go watch uh, Trainspotting. You'll probably know from Trainspotting more than likely uh, over anything else because it was uh, after Trainspotting, it was everywhere. Um, she picked the Venga Bus by the Venga Boys. Um, and then literally any club song between 98 and 2004, uh, because it's the kind of a reminder of, of the youth in, in nightclubs and having fun with friends and, you know, going out for a few drinks and stuff like that, which is interesting kind of take from, from going back to, you know, a couple of weeks ago when Josh sent in one about like the fact that Prodigy's Firestarter gives them anxiety about nightclubs and, and, you know, any kind of beats for a minute stuff over 120 would, would set him off. Whereas Grace is all about it, you know, um, but, you know, I would have been maybe nightclub and, well, actually around that time as well, to be fair. Um, and I remember just maybe saying, why don't they ever play good music in here? <laughs> it was never my kind of thing, you know. Except the slow set, I know. Um, I, I actually used to like the songs they played in the slow set. It just wasn't attractive enough to get the girls in the slow set. Uh, so, uh, oh, Karen, um, a, a great choice with Andy Williams can't, can't take my eyes off you. When Karen said it to me, um, we were, we were saying it was, I love you, baby. We thought the name, but you have to say it's not, but it reminds me instantly of the deer hunter. So if you haven't seen the deer hunters, about four friends from like a small town in, I think it's Pennsylvania, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and there's a wedding at the start, but then they are all going off to uh, Vietnam. And this is just before they kind of go off. They're getting, you know, pissed up and, you know, a kind of final day celebration kind of thing, or, as, as far as I can remember. But they're in this old kind of wooden bar shack kind of thing. And they're playing pool. And this comes on the jukebox. And I, I remember Christopher Walken giving it socks. I don't think Robert De Niro's singing in the scene, but... Uh, John Cazale is, is definitely singing and, and they're just like, I love you, baby. And if it's quite all right and you, and, uh, it's just, it's a great scene. And I, like, I've had those moments in cinema, in, in film that have given me, even if the, the music hasn't, the, 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 uh, the moment in the film has like wise up by Amy Mann in, and I've mentioned this before for sure in Magnolia where they're all the characters are in different places, but they're all singing the one song. I love that, like that kind of intelligent use of, of music in film. And I think, you know, just as easily, and I don't mean to bring the mood down, but just as easily like that this can, 
you can find joy in, in a piece of music in a film. Um, you can also find a lot of hatred for a piece of music in a film. Now, I, I, I can't say I love, but I really like the, the Beatles version of Twist and Shout. I, I think it's really well sung by John Lennon and, but it's not my favorite song. So, and even the Beatles doing it, it's not my favorite, you know. But people, long time listeners will know that Ferris Bueller's Day Off is, in my opinion, is the worst film ever made. Okay. And there's a scene where Matthew Broderick's Ferris is on a float going through whatever city he's in. Maybe he's in Chicago. I don't know. I don't care. But he's miming along to it. And that really bothers me a lot. So when I get, when I hear I twist and shout, and I do have it on my iPod and that like, but it's the last song of the first album, the Beatles first album. So if I would hear, ideally I'd probably skip it now, which is terrible. It's a terrible thing to say really, isn't it? But, but I probably would, but a lot of, a lot of Beatles music makes me happy because I, uh, it was the beginning of, of something, you know, uh, like I used to be just music, just everything was music, just constant, constantly learning or, or, um, listening to or reading about music. And, you know, I like a lot of it makes me happy. I think a lot of songs that, uh, take me back. And we all have this, like, well, like we, we already said in this episode, we have these songs that take us back to these kind of great times, memorable times. We've also got songs that take us back to kind of tougher times and they tend to be breakup songs, unfortunately, which are great in their own right. But, um, obviously they've got a, you know, a bit of baggage with them, put it that way. But what I like about what we talked, like what we went through today, those kind of happy, thrilling songs, um, I think I like to think we can recreate those moments, you know, because a lot of the time it's just you and a, a record player or you and a, a DVD player, whatever it might be, hearing this song for the first time. And we can go back, you know, to to those moments, obviously not to hear for the first time, but go back to a song that you, you love uh, and put it on again. And you're in that moment, like you've all expressed today, like share with her grandmother. Um. Or even just like, you know, it does it like even Grace there talking about Born Slippy, if that reminds her of a nightclub that she when she was in her uh, in her early twenties, like and she was loving things and think everything was different, you know, and everything was easier maybe because we didn't have the responsibilities that we have now. These are all amazing. Like Carol mentioned in More Than Worlds Be Extreme because her husband listens to a lot of heavy music and but he's got this softer side, I suppose, C D or, or collection of songs, playlists, whatever it is. And this sticks out to Carol, maybe more for, maybe because of her memory, maybe because it's a more relaxing sound than the usual stuff. Um, uh, and it's just that break away from it. You don't know, like, but, you know, when, when people gave me these, these, um, uh, songs and these ideas of, of, of why they liked them or, you know, going back to things, it's so hard to, it's so hard to, for us to express it's just exactly what the songs mean and what, what, like the memories that they, we have attached to them. So I, even I was writing out stuff for it. And then I was thinking, well, we, I'll just leave this for the, you know, for the people who are writing in. Now, I, you know, I've mentioned some stuff and, uh, and that's fine. But I think it was important for other people to talk, like, because I'm, I don't want to give the same songs all the time. Like people know I like the Beatles. Like there's no point in me going through a ton of Beatles songs. I just wanted to talk about She's Leaving Home, that the ending of it, the resolution of the song, which is like a perfect piece of music. Uh, if you, if you talk about something like Start Me Up by the Rolling Stones, it reminds me of being in New York when I was 
over there for two or three months um, in the summer of 2000, I think it was. Um, all these things have 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 places, and I was going to make this this episode about. Um, it wasn't even going to be about like moods and music, but I just thought like, why would we just make a one about being you know depressed or anxious when we could do ones about about both about you know being happy and joyful and all that as well. I also thought about doing it about like cross generation or sorry cross genre types of music where you know. Uh, maybe Paul Simon like t- went into uh, world music, like Peter Gabriel, or like even people like the Police who used a lot of reggae in their music, and it was kind of considered cod reggae at the time, stuff like that. But again, it would be something slipping into negativity because people did have a problem with that when these artists did that. Like Paul Simon going down to South Africa was during the apartheid, and it was considered a bad move on his part. So to keep it. To keep it a bit lighter and a bit, you know, I like this is this is weird. Like I was the other day, right? I was re- reminding myself, reminding myself, whatever that means. But I had this memory of I would have been eight or nine, probably nine, because we were in our first house in Dublin. So I had a. I used to get this videotape off um, this babysitter, and she'd give us these two videotapes. One was. I don't know if it's, I mentioned this before. It was Use Your Illusion 1 and Use Your Illusion 2 live from Paris or Tokyo. Or maybe it wasn't the, the Tokyo versions. Maybe it was the Paris versions. But anyway, so she'd bring it to me. She'd bring She'd give us the end of it. And I'd play the, the video. While I played the video, I hit record on my stereo to record this, the album onto a tape so I could listen to it at night. So plugging my, my earphones into my tape, into my a tape recorder. Uh, and the quality was wasn't great as far as I remember, but it was you know, but I was literally like the my stereo was was covering the whole TV when I was recording this. I don't know where anyone else was. Sure, when the house just let me at it, but I had this like appetite for music, like just everything. I just need I need to be able to listen to to it now and on my own. Like once I had it on the stereo and put the the earphones in. I was it. I was me and the music, and I was on my own, and nobody's kind of interrupt me or disrupt me. Um, like and that that kind of goes along the way. I know that, like, because again, other things come up, and like I start getting into films and books and stuff like that, and, you know. But when everything, and I see that in people sometimes still, you know, they've they, they've everything invested in their music, and it gives them joy every day. But you know, I I don't. Look, I don't listen to music every day now. I do most days. I I, I probably do, don't I? I have most days anyway, but not as much, nowhere near as much. And I don't discover as much, but I still find these grey little moments where I'll discover something like, you know, Ger uh, Breslin sent it in the one consideration by Reef, and I immediately put it on my iPod because it's just a brilliant song. So you still find these moments, and I don't know if I find them in, in newer music now anymore. Um. But I, but I have so much. Like, do you, I'll tell you what, right? Do you know what I think? This is me. I'm just kind of rambling for the last ten minutes here. But um, that's the point of it, I suppose. It is a podcast, isn't it? Um, the most, the most joyful piece of music I think is the beginning of "Girls Just Want to Have Fun" by Cindy Lauper. You know, ding, 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 ding. You know. And then she comes in, in the middle of the night. I'm out, and she's almost shouting at times, but in in 
in key and in tune uh, with a perfect pitch. <laughs> Uh, just, just the sound of her voice is so good. But that, that bit of music, I have a memory like where I used to do this, play this, play up to this kind of thing in, in Dunn's where I'd be like, be loving life, you know, skipping in and out of when the stereo's on in the kitchen. I was working in the deli and that came on one time and my mate Steph, who was literally waiting for me to come in when that music came on and I came in skipping and, and with a big smile on my face. That is like the most joyous opening, um, to a to a song I've I've ever heard. I don't, and there's some really good joyful openings to songs, but that is, and the the song is joyful. It's great, like, um, and I suppose when I when I was thinking about that, I was like, it's raining men's another one, but like that wouldn't give you know that wouldn't mean much to me. Um, I don't know. I don't even think I really like that song, but you know, it's a it's a it's um a floor filler. And I think a lot of those time, a lot of um, songs and music around that time were floor fillers, uh, because that's what they were set out to do. That was their, that was almost their prime um, goal uh, was to was to fill floors and be a, a DJ record and sell that way. Whereas I don't think, um, I don't think one well, like do they still do that? Like the idea of writing specifically for places and and events and stuff and i i suppose they do like they're still they still have dance music and excuse me my very i've got a weird feeling in my nose um maybe i just need to sneeze or something but uh, let me get a drink excuse me so it's like i find so much joy in just picking up the guitar and strumming a few chords and seeing if anything happens or playing the drums but the joy I find in, in music now is different than what I found then. Um, like, everybody uh, knows the Beatles are my favorite artists, but like coming in just behind them, probably Radiohead and then Nirvana would be the top three, three. And they're, they're completely different sounds. But if I, if I watch Nirvana clips live, uh, from YouTube, you know, um, serve the servants or in bloom, like, you know, that, that's, that is like perfect for me uh and i and I go back to it all the time, but I see that those moments in live performances where maybe the singer isn't getting the joy that you do you'd like them to or that you know that you'd you think or even sometimes that you see they're just they're just performing for for the audience. It would be nice to, well, I'm sure people are getting back to them to tell them that like this is this is some of the greatest music. This is the the music that gives me joy. Um, you know, what do we pick songs for weddings that of music that give us joy, or do we pick songs that we fell in love to? You know, um, or do we pick a bit of both? Do we match them up? Like if we're doing a playlist for a party over at our house, you know, these are the kind of songs that we met that we, you know put on uh, and these create those memories of, of people listening to them and, and taking away the fact oh I remember being at such and such's house and we were that song was on and it was it was amazing Um, yeah there, like there's nothing like that in music there's nothing like that in creating memories and, and, and bringing you back to places you've been to and um, yeah it's a it's a beautiful thing so I'm, I'm so happy that all of you sent these in and Gave me the chance to discuss it a little bit there at the end without 
basically I didn't really want to go just through a list of my songs because look, I, I I've talked about the songs I love on, on this podcast before and the bands I love. Um, I just need to look around me at the walls and see the bands I'd loved and, and, you know, uh, without music, it'd be, Jesus, it's hard to imagine, you know, if I, sure for most people, it's the same. It's not just me, but I just think that it was so important to me growing up and, uh, clearly it was so important to all of you because you were the ones that, that, that wrote in. And like I said, sorry if I didn't get every song in that you wanted to, to in the, the list, but. I appreciate all those kind of people. Uh, sorry, all the songs that the people sent in because they they give me a uh, fresh perspective on things. But it also, uh, it makes me see what you were doing when you were when you were youngsters and struggling. And you know, but music was still so important. All these, thank you very much for that. I really appreciate. it. I couldn't have done this episode without any. So, look, this is a this is a, obviously a solo one, but it, without you, it wouldn't have worked. Um, we will be back with a guest next week. Uh, so yeah, once again, thanks everyone. Also. Thanks to John. I need. I was going to go for a bit longer, but my nose is just squeaking. I don't know what's going on. It's annoying me. So, um, thanks to John Francis as always for his tech. Uh, thanks to my mom. Uh, I, my mom would like have a really good list of, of people or of artists. You know that maybe. I I know she just like the Peter Gabriel concert in nineteen eighty three. She's just. Uh, loved it. Like my dad would talk about Hot, Hot August Night by Neil Diamond for for the day if he if he could. So I know that kind of music makes them happy. Those kind of that live performance. My granddad, I've seen my granddad's like uh, record collections before, and and just heard him talk about music before. Louis Armstrong, he's a big fan of. Uh, Jer and Calvin are are a, an eclectic pair, uh, who would like a lot of different types of music, but probably a lot of the music I like too, which is good. Um, subscribe to YouTube if you would, if you can. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, if you want to go to the podcast platforms, if you're on YouTube now and looking and you say, I don't look at his face anymore because he's his, uh, his uh, left eye is kind of droopy for some reason. Um, I want to go to, I, you know, I'd rather listen on Spotify or Apple or Anchor or Google Podcast or any of the other ones available. Thanks very much, everyone. Uh, it was a pleasure uh, recording this episode. Um, we're back next week with a guest and we go again. We're, we're, uh, dipping, we're, we're getting ever closer to 200. I don't know what I'm going to do for episode 200. I have to pull out all the stops. I might have to get Tracy back on, get her to host it, or, or maybe someone else. Who knows? Um, but anyway, I'm off. Thank you very much for joining me today. And... Uh, yeah, see you next week. Bye.